Walt Disney must be turning over in his grave to think that he sees now the grooming of little kids to, to question their own sexuality with this gender-affirming nonsense. This is the Daily Signal podcast for Thursday, January 26th. I'm Virginia Allen. And that was Bill Donahue, the president of the Catholic League, talking about the new documentary, Walt's Disenchanted Kingdom. According to individuals like Bill Donahue and Brent Bozell, the magic of Disney, it's fading because Disney is slowly undermining the nuclear family. How did Disney go from being a place where dreams were made to somewhere that promotes kids learning about the gender spectrum? The new documentary, Walt's Disenchanted Kingdom, explains Disney's fall to the woke left. Bill Donahue joins me on the show today to discuss the film and how Disney became the Disenchanted Kingdom. Stay tuned for our conversation after this. Conservative women, conservative feminists, it's true, we do exist. I'm Virginia Allen, and every Thursday morning on Problematic Women, Lauren Evans and I sort through the news to bring you stories that are of particular interest to conservative-leaning or problematic women. That is women whose views and opinions are often excluded or mocked by those on the so-called feminist left. We talk about everything from pop culture to politics and policy. Plus, we bring you an exclusive interview with a problematic lawmaker or conservative activist every second and fourth Tuesday of the month. Search for Problematic Women wherever you get your podcasts. And we are also problematic on social media, so be sure to follow us on Instagram. It's no secret that Walt Disney has gone woke. But how did it happen, and what are the implications? The Catholic League has just released a new documentary answering these questions called Walt's Disenchanted Kingdom. Let's take a listen to a clip from the film. Walt Disney must be turning over in his grave to think that he sees now the grooming of little kids to to question their own sexuality with this gender-affirming nonsense. And that voice that you just heard was the president of the Catholic League, Bill Donahue. Mr. Donahue, thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. Well, the documentary, Walt's Disenchanted Kingdom, it's out and available for individuals to watch. They can watch it for free on YouTube. And you have so many great voices in this documentary, true leaders right now in our generation. And one of those individuals is Brent Bozell, who's the founder and president of the Media Research Center. And I was really fascinated by what Brent had to say in the documentary, because he said that Disney, that they are not only promoting ideology that is anti-parent right now, but that they're actually being anti the nuclear family. Explain this, if you would. What are we seeing from Disney that is causing individuals like yourself and Brent Bozell to say, no, Disney has actually become anti the nuclear family? Well, it's striking, isn't it? Uh, It it seems to me that Black Lives Matter played a major role on this, as well as the Smithsonian, uh, because they're promoting the idea that the nuclear family is a problem. Now, their argument is that we should be not look, look down on one parent families. 
Uh, I happen to come from one, and I and I agree, you shouldn't look down on one-parent families. But let's not pretend that there isn't a gold standard. The blue-chip family is the intact family. And if you look at the successful ethnic groups in, in this country, as I have coming up with a new book, uh, I'm looking at the, the Asians, the Mormons, uh, the Nigerians, uh, Jews. They all come from major intact families. The left, however, has long regarded, going back to Germany in the 40s and the 50s and 60s in the Frankfurt School, they've regarded the family as a problem. The reason the family is a problem is because it stands in the way, like the church, it stands in the way of the state from having too much power. Now, Disney, I am not saying that the very top people of Disney are even aware of the Frankfurt School. I am saying that there are people there who are working in Disney who understand what the radical agenda is like. I don't believe they're the majority, but like we've seen over and over again, organizations can can actually uh, be taken over by a tyranny of the minority. And they're, they're caving into this woke culture, which says that the family is a problem, and uh, they use the, the, the guise of, let's say, being, being tolerant to people who come from one-parent one families. That's not really it. Uh, Disney made its money and its, and its glory days off of being family-friendly, the most family-friendly institution in American history. And for, for it now to pivot and listen to those on the far left, uh, this is very disturbing. It's one of the reasons why I decided to go with this movie. Well, it's been fascinating to watch some of the events that's just taken place within the last year in regards to Disney. Of course, last year we saw um, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis introduce the Parental Rights and Education Act that just simply was introduced to prevent the teaching of gender identity ideology to kids in grades K through three. Um, and Disney lost their minds over this and really came out in strong opposition to this bill and we we've seen this this shift that you know for for so many years for decades disney had these four guiding keys that they told their employees that that their mission the foundation of what they were about was about safety courtesy show and efficiency those were their four guiding principles but then they introduced a fifth key talk a little bit about that fifth key and that shift that we've seen at disney uh, really, I would say, over a number of years, but maybe put on warp speed within the last one to five years? Well, their idea of diversity, of course, is something which is very controversial. By the way, this is not just Disney. I've been doing this job here at the Catholic League now for about 30 years. We've always seen this kind of a, they didn't use the term woke culture, woke politics, left-wing politics. We've always seen it in the media, in education, entertainment industry, the arts, nonprofit activist organizations, only in the last few years, in the last, I'd say, three to five years, have we seen the elite at the top in the military, the healthcare industry, in the corporate world, and certainly Disney's in the corporate world, uh, go the, down this road. But their idea of diversity, which sounds uh, innocuous on the face of it, is really an agenda to divide people. And that's what they're doing. They're dividing people on the basis of family, on the basis of race, on the basis of sex, sexual orientation. That's that's what drove multiculturalism back in the 1980s when Jesse Jackson showed up at uh, Stanford University. Hey, hey, ho, ho, cult Western culture's got to go. Well, th there's an animus uh, on the part of the left 
against Western civilization, and they use this, this idea of diversity uh, as a wedge to divide people. And that's why you have separate graduation ceremonies at Harvard and Yale and others on the basis of race. Uh, this is the kind of idea that in the past the plant would champion. Now it's the people in, in the elite ruling class positions of our society. So what do you think the motivator is for Disney with all of this? You know, we we know that they have adopted a lot of these really, really radical ideologies, but why? Well, a lot of the people in the financial uh, industry now, BlackRock and others, uh, with this entire idea of equity, uh, are pushing this. Uh, a lot of it has to do with just being uh, being chic. They they want to show that they, they have a, a moral perch, uh, that they are better than the rest of us. A lot of it is white guilt. A lot of it is driven by white guilt. Uh, some of it's ideologically based, but they're, they're trying to say that we're not like everybody else. Basically, what they're saying is that the working class people are the problem. We're not that problem, which is why they don't mind raising the, the rates uh, for their theme parks, because they really don't want the working class. They don't want middle class people. They prefer the, the, the more well-educated people. And if you take a look at the surveys, the more well-educated people, particularly those with uh, postgraduate uh, education, they are the most left of any segment of, of American society. Sure, why shouldn't they be? They live in neighborhoods where they have gated communities. They have their own private security. Their kids go to private school. They don't go to the public schools. And we know that. Uh, so they're a look from the consequences of their own ideas. And until people have to live with the consequences of their ideas, they will live. They have an escape valve. And that's what's going on at Disney. One of the things that I found really interesting and that I really appreciated about the documentary Walt's Disenchanted Kingdom is that you all actually talked to Disney employees, to people that have watched this shift and change. What is the perspective from those on the inside? How do they feel about the direction that Disney's headed in? Well, once again, we see the same kind of phenomena. You know, the average American wants to go out on the golf course or go bowling or go to a movie or take a vacation or go out with their kids, go to a park, go to a picnic. They don't get involved in politics. A tiny minority have always been involved in politics, but today it's gone to such extremes that they are misrepresenting the average person. From what we've learned, and I can't prove this, but from what we've learned, the average Disney employee is not a political animal. They are not motivated by some animus against the family or religion. A lot of this is an attack on Christianity, let's face it. So they, But they're not represented. They don't have a voice. They're not organized. And those people who are organized, the old adage about the squeaky wheel has always been true, but now it's more true than ever. And unless the, the rank and file begin to push back, uh, that's, by the way, that's what this movie is about. This, is, this movie is not about making money for the Catholic League. If anything, it's costing us a lot of money. We went into this for one purpose, to be a cultural marker, to, get, to hit a cultural nerve in our society, to get people jacked up, the average person. Look at all those great out there, the mothers who learned through COVID what was going on in the classroom. That's very much related to this. That's how we found out about what's going on in the classroom and what DeSantis was doing, getting kids at the age of five, six, seven, and eight to question, are you happy, satisfied being a boy or a girl? What is the purpose of this? This is sexual engineering. It's child abuse. It's exploitative. They shouldn't be teaching the kids about gay or straight. Anything to do with sexuality at those age, they should let kids be kids. 
but the but the loud minority now has, has spoken up. I am hoping that with this documentary, if it gets wide distribution, more and more people will learn and they'll say, you know what, it's gone too far. And then the message gets back to Disney. I'm not saying we'll radically change them, but I think they might tap the brakes. Well, what are the implications on on Disney? Because we, you know, we see at an increasing number Disney's willingness to put to put gay characters, to put trans trans characters into their movies. We saw last year with the film Buzz Lightyear that it included a scene uh, with two women kissing. What is the what is the tangible effect? that we know, or, or do we know, if, if there's a bottom line effect that Disney is feeling? Well, the, the whole idea here of sexualizing children and then getting to question about their, their, whether they're happy being a boy or a girl is to play into this idea that there's no such thing as human nature. And if there's no such thing as human nature, there's no such thing as nature is God. Everything is fluid. Well, I have a doctorate in sociology from New York University, and I've written in spoken on, on the subject for decades. Quite frankly, there is such a thing as truth. There is such a thing as reality, all right? I'm not a woman. I can't get pregnant. And unless we speak up and speak the truth, this thing's only going to get worse. And that's what's going on. The left would have you believe, and this is what's driving this whole thing here with Disney, that life is nothing more than a social construct. No, that's not the case. As a matter of fact, if you, if you look at human universals, those characteristics which are true across cultures throughout all of history, there are hundreds of them, then, then the society and the culture takes its cues from nature. That's why we have, for example, the mother taking care of the child more than the father. They're taking cues from nature. This is what they don't want. They want the idea that there's no fundamental difference between the sexes. Everything is fluid. Everything is a rolling social construct. Uh, that's simply a lie. There is truth. There's an anthropological difference between men and women and an anatomical difference between men and women, biological differences between men and women. They want to erase it. Uh, and and, and it, it's madness on stilts. Hmm. We are talking with Mr. Bill Donahue about the new documentary, Walt's Disenchanted Kingdom. Mr. Donahue, are you comfortable with the kids in your family watching Disney movies? Well, I happen to have uh, some grandkids, and, I, and and my daughter and her husband are. They do allow them to watch some Disney movies, but they're they're they're, they're screening. And I think what's going to happen is that many more people are going to filter. If Disney gets the message, and they've been losing at the box office, let's face it, on this, if they get the message through this documentary and other people pushing back, I do think they'll tap the brake. I think they may push the envelope a little bit here and there, but you know they have to make money. And there's an outrage. That's why we're making this documentary. We knew that it was, there was a cultural nerve out there. And, and if enough people, independent of religion, you could be an atheist and still find this thing objectionable. And by the way, a number of people in the gay community are taking affront to this. Uh, they don't like it. So this is not splitting on the basis of straight or gay whatsoever. Certainly, if you have children and grandchildren, yes, it touches a nerve that's even uh, much more tender. One thing that you discuss in the documentary is Disney's relationship with China, which I found very fascinating. How is Disney approaching and navigating their relationship with China? 
Well, China, of course, is potentially the biggest uh, uh, audience for, for Hollywood. It's I say potentially, not right now, but they're looking to get that way. Uh, Bob Iger, just who's the new CEO, he was the previous CEO before Chapek, he came in there now and he's got China to accept the Marvel comics. Okay, that's one thing. But the Chinese communists, as well as the, the Muslim nations of the Middle East, they are not exposed to sexual engineering of the likes that we were complaining about, getting to the kids and questioning their sexuality K through uh, the third grade. They're being spared that because there's a pushback on the part of the communists and on the part of, part of the, uh, the Muslim-run nations. They don't afford the, us in America and in Western Europe the same courtesy that they're trying to use the, the, the kind of corruption that's been going on in the West uh, as an anvil to, to hammer away at us. So I think that, you know, if they can, if they can persuade them, there's more money in it. Uh, I certainly do not uh, support what's going on in China at all. And I certainly can't uh, accept a lot of the, the sensorial things that are going on in the Muslim-run nations. But it does say something that even they are, are, are wary. Why, was, why does anybody want to confuse kids? And that's what this is about. It's about confusing kids. If you read what's going on with, with, with the drag queens, and I have to say, uh, you guys have done as good a job as anybody in exposing what's been going on here. They, the, the proponents of it admit we want to confuse people. That's the goal, to confuse people and, and, and uh, particularly children, if you can get to the kids. And then everything becomes very fluid. Uh, to me, it, it's, it's pernicious. Is Disney going to course correct? Oh, I think there's no such thing as an iron lore in history. That's a fable. So things are reversible. Big institutions do change. Sometimes they change quickly. Sometimes it's like turning the Queen Mary. But I do know that there is a bottom line, not just with money, but people have to be concerned about their image. I I've been fighting Disney for a long time. I fought with them back in 1995 when the, the Disney-owned distributor, Miramax, the Weinstein brothers, uh, they put out this invidious movie about a Catholic priest. It was, the name of the movie was called Priest. And I'm not going to go through all that right now, but we pushed back on that and we, we, and we, we saw some changes. All I'm saying is this, the, the average person can't, is not an activist. They're looking to people like myself and many, many others, many of them were in this movie, to be leaders, to be the warriors. But we, we alone are like the generals. We don't win wars by ourselves. We need troops and, and the troops need the generals. And if people, this culture war is up for grabs, I am not saying at all that our side is winning. I am not saying that the other side has won. But at some point, this this clash between cultures, the secular militants and, and, and those who believe in traditional moral values, we just can't live in a bifurcated society any longer. One side will triumph over the other. And it's my hope that those people who believe in traditional moral values will succeed. Before we let you go, could you just take a moment to explain uh, what you all do at the Catholic League and how making documentaries like Walt's Disenchanted Kingdom fits into your mission? That's an excellent question. Our primary goal is to fight anti-Catholicism and to fight against uh, infringements on religious liberty affecting any particular group. But we're primarily uh, involved with Catholics and, and Christians in, in, in a more general sense. But the reason we want the voice of the Catholic Church to be out there, despite some failures on the part of the leaders, the teachings have always been solid. The teachings of the Catholic Church have been solid, and we want that voice to be heard. 
So the documentary is tapping into what's going in our culture. We're trying to get a support for traditional moral values as understood by practicing Catholics, observant Jews, evangelical Protestants, most Mormons and Muslims. We should never leave these people out of the equation. They have kids, they're concerned as well. And I dare say people who are unbelievers, if you've got kids, you've got to be concerned about the direction of our culture. That's what we're trying to do here with this documentary. Well, for anyone who wants to watch the documentary themselves, they can find it on YouTube. We'll put the link in today's show notes. Um, you can also learn more about the Catholic League and the work that they're doing at catholicleague.org. Mr. Donahue, thank you so much for your time today and for joining us to explain the work that you all are doing and what you have done with this documentary, Walt's Disenchanted Kingdom. Thank you for the great work you're doing at The Daily Signal. Keep it up. And that'll do it for today's episode. Thanks so much for joining us today. Again, if you are interested in watching the documentary, Walt's Disenchanted Kingdom, you can watch it for free on YouTube. We'll be sure to put the link in today's show notes as well. And if you haven't had the chance, be sure to check out our evening show right here in this podcast feed, where we bring you the top news of the day. Also, make sure to take just a moment to subscribe to The Daily Signal wherever you listen to your podcast. We love hearing your feedback, and it really helps us spread the word to even more listeners. Thanks again for joining us today. Have a wonderful Thursday, and we'll see you right back here at 5 p.m. for our top news edition. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. Executive producers are Rob Bluey and Kate Trinko. Producers are Virginia Allen and Samantha Asheris. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. To learn more, please visit DailySignal.com.